Hey Hardies, you're listening to the Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley, hosted by me, Casey, and my friends Caroline and Cammie. A special thanks goes to our friend Brian Bird for letting us use the music on our show. Without further ado, grab a scone from Abigail's and enjoy. Hello Hardies, welcome to the Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley. I am Cammie Clements, the hooked Hardy, coming to you live from... In front of my Christmas tree. Before we get started on the podcast today, and it is a fabulous one, you're not going to want to miss it. I have a special announcement to make. As it is the season of giving, we want to do another giveaway. Thanks to our wonderful and generous friends over at Edify Films, we are doing a giveaway for, drumroll please. A When Calls the Heart Dessert Edition Cookbook. So, if you would like to be the proud owner or the proud giver of a When Calls the Heart Dessert Edition Cookbook, all you got to do is follow us on Twitter, then click the Rafflecopter link that will drop there. And that's it. If you're already following us on Twitter, all the better. All you got to do is go find the Rafflecopter link and click on it. And that will last from today, December 9th, to Saturday, December 12th. So don't forget, follow us on Twitter, at Hardy's Hotline, and click on the Rafflecopter link, and the winner could be you. All right, let's get to it. Welcome back, Hardies. Welcome to Hardy's Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley. We have a very special guest with us today. This is Mr. Chad Willett, who played Adam Miller. Hi, Chad. Hello, how are you? Doing fabulous, how are you? Uh, I'm good as well. I hope you can hear and see me just fine. Oh, you're doing great. Yeah, I can see I can see you just fine. So tell us, how have you been doing during this whole coronavirus craziness? How have you been with it? Yeah, well, you know, like everyone else, just trying to make the best of the time, trying to stay mm-hmm. positive. Um, you know, it's it's been a, a blessing in a lot of ways. So I try to see the positive in things. And, and to, to me, it's allowed a lot of time for the family to really get to know each other, especially in those early days of the pandemic when we were really shut in uh, and nobody knew what was mm-hmm. coming. And they, they shut down everything and we all kind of gathered uh, with our loved ones. And then uh, that was a really interesting time, you know, and and then as things opened up a little bit more and we started to learn how to live with the pandemic and get out in the world a bit more and try to be safe. Then we all tried to, you know, get back to some new normal. And, um, um, you know, it's been, it's been challenging uh, because it's such a, a new thing for everyone. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Is the work going to come back? It's true. Is everyone going to stay healthy that you're personally involved with? And mm-hmm. So, but, um, and you know, my mother's 78 now. So, you know, that's, you always got to think about that as well. So, yeah, no, um, I hear you. My mom's 72 and I'm yeah. constantly worried. So, yeah. so, but everyone's healthy and happy in my life. So I have, you know, I'm just really lucky right now. Oh, that's magnificent. I'm so glad to hear it. Do you have any plans, whether stay in or venturing out for the holidays? Oh, no, no, no. We're, uh, we're staying in. We're not going anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. We live on a piece of land that's quite vast. 
So oh. uh, we don't necessarily need to worry about um, going somewhere else to try to get some some breathing room. We have lots right. of room around us. So no, um, we're happy where we're at and we're safe where we're at. That's magnificent. I'm glad to hear that. All right. So Chad, let's get to know you a little bit better. How did you get your start in acting? Was it something you always wanted to do or did it kind of find you? Well, that's a, well, I think, I think it's both, right? I mean, oh yeah. You know, even if you want to do it, doesn't mean you get to do it. So sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know that. Right? <laughs> um, you know, I started pretty early. It was high school and uh, I just was attracted to the drama department and um, just was interested in it and, and, you know, took it as just an experiment. What is this thing, you know, compared to going to metalwork or mechanics, I went to drama and I was at a school, a high school that was definitely more focused on woodwork and metal shop and mechanics and stuff. So it was definitely oh. a removed idea than the norm there. So um, once I discovered it, I, I, I went, wow, I, I like this. And and then what ended up happening is uh, I started getting a lot of support from people around me, my family. Uh -huh. Really, that I, I really attribute that to my success because if I hadn't had that support, I hadn't someone saying, hey, do what you want to do and we believe in you and we support you, I wouldn't have gone down that road. I, would, I don't mm -hmm. think I would have known how to go down that road. Um, so it really comes down to family support. Uh, for anybody who's listening out there who, you know, is wondering, you know, if their kids should do this or not do this, well, it is all about just believing in your dreams and supporting the ones you love. So I um, continued going down that road through high school, doing plays and such, and then got involved um, in some theater groups outside high school. When I was, you know, 16, mm. 17, I was starting to to learn how to act even uh, alongside my, my high school drama department. And I uh, found an agent at that point and then um, just started messing around, being a background performer and some little things at the age of 16 and stuff. And, and mm -hmm. just really enjoyed it. You know, I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but I was enjoying it. And then, um, <laughs> yeah. And then my parents uh, graduated from high school and my parents decided to leave the country and go, somewhere else to live and they asked me if I want to come with them and I was like um no I I want to <laughs> and where you guys are going I can't act there so let's you know so I decided to just go out on my own so at age 18 I just moved to Vancouver and just started blindly following this dream of mine and and just put one foot in wow. front of and pieced it together and and then I got lucky just got lucky that that takes guts <laughs> My or or ignorance, you know, it's innocence, right? I mean, it's just innocence. It's just a drive. And when you're young enough and you have strong dreams, as we do when you're young, mm -hmm. those just push you, push you, push you, push you. And you don't, you don't have the fears and the, uh, you know, of the unknown. You're, you want to get into the unknown. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say would be your favorite project that you've been involved in overall outside well let, let me put it this way I'm going to ask you what your favorite hallmark project is and then what your favorite non-hallmark project is so overall what would you what would you say is your favorite project that you've been involved in that wouldn't be hallmark that wouldn't be hallmark um that's a great question because you know 
there's two sides to that question. And uh-huh. it's favorite for, you know, maybe the storytelling and such like that, how the movie yeah. was made, um, who the actors were you worked, who you worked with. And then there's the other side of it, which is the personal experience of, you know, where you were, um, you know, how, how unique it was and such like that. And, right. you know, the thing about acting is it gives you a lot of opportunity as a, as a person to experience things in the world you may not get to experience aside from, you know, the actual acting and being on some TV show or film. Um, Absolutely. So there's a couple. I mean, I, I, uh, one of them when I was working on this show called The Cape and it was um, 1996, 97, and they moved us to uh, Cape Canaveral, Florida to shoot, uh, to be an astronaut in this. this Oh, wow. And it was one of my first leads in an American show, that is. Uh, you know, I had done some Canadian stuff prior uh-huh. to that, but this was a pretty big show. And um, and I got to be an astronaut and live in Florida for a year and work at NASA and wow. be inside the space shuttle, the actual place, and, and see like a whole bunch of launches and landings and, and go to astronaut parties um, and be inside the control rooms and meet the astronauts and the people that just worked at NASA. And it was you know, I'm so young at this time too. So I didn't really realize how, how big that was. I'm just going, yeah. with um, you look back at it now and you're like, geez, you know, this is pre nine 11, you know, we had red carpet type, um, um, treatment where they opened up NASA for us. You know, it was just the biggest wow. program they could possibly have. Like it was, you know, there's TV shows coming in, they're going to tell a story and promoting NASA on TV, basically. So they gave us uh, the red carpet treatment. And, and then I had my parents come join me and, and I had my parents be able to stick their heads inside the space shuttle, stuff that would never happen if I wasn't doing <laughs> no. what I was doing, right? So to me, it's all right. It's about my favorite projects. It's usually around the personal experiences where I got to share it with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause the stories come and go and uh, but those personal memories last forever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of my personal non-Hallmark favorites that I have is you and Joan of Arc. Oh. I loved you and Joan, Joan of Arc. Yeah, that was a really good one. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, there's another good example of, of um, being able to go somewhere really unique, you know, shooting in the Czech Republic for yeah. two months. Um, and we traveled wow. all over. The- <laughs> that must have been amazing. It was amazing. We travel all over the country, uh, basically touring all the different castles because that's what the show was about, you know? Right. <laughs> so we had to be in every castle that they had around in the area. So we just went from town to town shooting in their castles, different scenes, blah, blah. It was just like a little traveling circus of actors. And it was a global cast too. It was great. It was like English and American and Canadian and then also Czech Republic and other people coming around and it was a global cast of people came together and and do this beautiful um, uh, CBS miniseries so that was pretty unique. Wow. Yeah. And then what would you say is your favorite Hallmark project that you've done? I've done a lot um and yeah you have. (laughs) I have to go way back actually because I did a Hallmark project that was before this huge Hallmark thing that has happened the last while. Um, 
I did one yeah. and it was a Hallmark Hall of Fame when Hall of Fame projects were like these massive golden opportunities. And it was CBS, yeah. Hallmark Hall of Fame. It was called The Locket. And it was with Vanessa Oh, I've Redway. heard of that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was based mm. on a book and it was a beautiful story. And, and I had a chance to be the lead in this thing. And, you know, that was a Hallmark movie, but it was a very high yeah. budget high, high budget Hallmark movie and um, really well done. And, and it, it got a lot of great response. I think it's still my mother's favorite, honestly. I think she still oh. loves that the most. And working with Vanessa Redgrave was... Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right? So it was a super treat. Lots of big lessons I learned from her. I'm very young actor still, right? So at that time and and so she just watching her and watching her commitment and and um just so many amazing lessons to be learned from her and i i just love her for that so it was a beautiful experience yeah wow well hardy's i have to tell you the first time i saw this gentleman was in 1995 i was 11 or 12 and it was a movie called annie o it was based on the story of annie oakley and instead of shooting, they put it in a modern in a modern setting. And he was Wild Bill Harper. He was a basketball player, <laughs> and he was pretty good. So, are, were you really a basketball player? Were you that good, or was it shots? Well, again, it's, you're it's the combo deal. And I got hired for the job. I didn't get hired for my basketball skills. Let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> But well, you covered it really well because you looked really good on it. Well, you know, again, it was it was just like, hey, you're an actor. I, I had some some sort of, you know, you're a guy. It doesn't matter. You're a young person, guy or girl, and you just have a, <laughs> a love for sport. And so I was enjoying sport, and and I had a chance to play some basketball, which I didn't play in high school. So I felt like I uh -huh. kind of missed that boat a little bit in high school. I was probably too busy in the drama department, right? And probably <laughs> right and so they had a great um, yeah <laughs> they had a great on-set coach basketball coach who was helping everyone and oh and I just loved learning the game which I had no idea how to play it but I got to learn how to play basketball because of Annie O and yeah amazing how quickly your skills can can come along once you just dedicate yourself to something and again it's one of those things where an opportunity arose where I'd never would have played basketball and here I do a movie and I get to learn how to play basketball. And ever since then, I got a half decent shot. I got to say, I still got a little something. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So uh, after, after seeing you in Annie O and Joan of Arc, and then you appear in When Calls the Heart, I went, oh, it's that guy. Oh, really? okay. <laughs> and then I when yeah, when you came on When Calls the Heart, I'm like, oh, goodness it's Chad Willett I remember him Aww. and then and then I saw you in So You Said Yes and that is still to this day one of my favorite Hallmark movies really so, yeah okay. yeah because yeah. because every one of the things that I love about it is every stereotype that almost happened didn't happen huh. like the misunderstanding that always happens when you're talking to your mom it doesn't happen because she pops up and you see her. And then there's an I love you in the middle of the movie. That never happens. And you kissed her in the middle of the movie. You know, all of oh. those stereotypes that don't that don't usually 
that all of the all of the stereotypes that kind of make a movie you know there's a kiss thrown in at the yeah, yeah, end yeah, the and there yeah. isn't yeah all yeah the formula that's a that's a better word for it so that was one of the things that i loved about it is it broke so many of those formulas well that's nice to so, hear i didn't yeah. know that that's that's really nice to hear i remember a quick little story from that um it was doing a oh, yoga please. i had to do a yoga scene and i remember yes. yeah and, and you know in in khaki pants and a polo shirt right? yeah and, and so and i had to do this yoga scene and it was a fun bantery scene between the two of us just kind of going back and forth and yeah trying to do all these yoga poses which uh, i was having fun with it i was i was pretending to be a guy who didn't know anything about yoga so i was just trying to make stuff up as i was going along uh-huh. and it was this physical scene as an actor to do where you get to implement some physical comedy and uh and pace and just it's so enjoyable you know uh-huh all right well let's go to the topic that every hearty wants to hear when calls the heart uh-huh. so uh yes that you played a very very powerful part with adam miller and it was a character with a lot of backstory and we found out that you have a lovely singing voice because you played the guitar and sang in that episode. I don't know if you remember. Oh, I remember. What? <laughs> oh, you remember. <laughs> oh, I remember. And, uh, that's, very, that's very, very sweet of you. And honestly, I don't think it's my voice. Really? I don't oh think my so. I'm trying to remember back. But I, I <laughs> don't have a good singing voice. And oh, at least I don't think I do. And don't make me sing right now because I won't. And, oh. um, and I believe it was, a, it was an interesting time because it was like, I never, I did one on camera singing thing. Maybe I'm confusing. So I did this show called Jack and Jill a long time ago. It was on the uh-huh. WBUCW, whatever it was called. And, um, uh-huh. and I had to play this guy and who was singing and, you know, the guitar and all thing. And they dubbed my voice on that. So maybe I'm confusing the two, but I don't know if my voice was dubbed on When Calls the Heart. I sure hope it was. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, if it is dubbed, it sounded exactly like you. Oh, okay. And if it's not dubbed, then you did a great job. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> let's put, let's just give the, the sound guy a lot of, uh, you know, congratulations on that. He did a good job. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of credit on that one. Yeah. So in the episode, we find out that Jack, the Mountie, is kind of a closet painter. Do you have any hidden talents that most people don't see? Uh, uh, that's interesting. Um, do I have any hidden talents that most people would not see? No. No? Do you do you play the guitar for do you play the guitar for I do real? Play, Let's ask I do that. play a little guitar. It's not a hidden talent. Okay. But I do play a little guitar. That's <laughs> not, not a talent. My nice my, my style of playing. Um no, I don't I don't really have anything that's really specific that's completely uh different or shocking or whatever it may be. Uh, you know. Um I think you don't juggle, do you? I do juggle a little bit. Um, oh, okay. There you go. Honestly, I think there's a little. I, I was, I was playing along with, uh, playing around with poetry for a while, and 
and oh. running home and such. And I feel like that's something that if I continue to do it, it may, it may be that what you're talking about, a little hidden something or other. Yeah. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Nothing that comes to mind at the moment. Well, I'd say poetry would be a very good hidden talent, but because you're not going, you're not going on a, on a set and reading poetry in front of the camera. So that would be something that not many people know. So yeah. True. True. I'd say we count that. Okay. All right. We'll count that one. <laughs> so obviously you are an actor that does a lot of research. So tell us about crafting Adam's character. Did you do research on PTSD or survivor's guilt or how, how did you, uh, how did you create Adam? That's a great question. It was quite a while ago. It was like six years ago. And yeah, um, I'm asking you to take a big walk down memory lane. Yeah. And especially with the creative process and, and it changes for every job you do. Right. I mean, sure. some, some jobs you really dig deep into stuff to try to discover what it is when it comes to research and such and other jobs, you feel like it's just right there in your wheelhouse. Right. Um, so they change all the time. I don't have one strong path of this is how I do everything. You know, it just doesn't work mm -hmm. for me. Um, but I remember with Adam, you know, obviously the biggest challenge with Adam was I had to have a leg missing and yes, I physically never, I was actually going to ask you about that. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, if this is, you know, when it comes my memory on that job was, was how am I going to pull this off? You know, is this going to be, is just, are they just going to allow me walk around and I have to pretend I have a leg missing and they'll cut it off with, with visual effects or, right. <laughs> or, you know, what am I going to do? And then I got the set and then they came up to me and said, here's your prosthetic leg. And it was literally a wooden leg in a, in a leather cap to it and a strap around the back. And I was like, okay, but I have a leg. So yeah, you're going to have to pull your leg up behind you and stick your knee into the top of it. And uh -huh. I was like, what? And, you know, so I, you know, the show takes, I don't know how many days it took to shoot, maybe six days to shoot an episode or something. Uh huh. And like every day I had to stick my leg in that, in that wooden prosthetic and tie it around the back and, and have the other leg just yanked up behind me. Yeah. And you have to learn how to walk like yeah. that through mud and snow and things oh, like that. It wasn't yeah. just, I was on some concrete. So yeah, um, that was that was one of the bigger challenges for that character for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but thankfully, I had a, a beautiful gentleman by the name of uh, 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 Ian, who uh, also had a prosthetic leg in real life, and he helped me with that. And he was he was a real gentleman helping me with that. He taught me a lot. Oh, so, so yeah. So shout out to Ian on that. Um, yeah, and, and the emotional journey for Adam, you know. I, you know, I think we can all attach attach to, you know, having something lost in your life, something that was important, some sort of pain. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you have to dig too far to find that for everybody. You know, we all have personal stories of pain. So um, mm -hmm. I think as long as you can tap into that, keep it real, um, you can do justice for the character of Adam. Because, yeah, he was, he'd lost, he had, he, you know, his leg was missing, yes, but he'd lost his, his ability to believe him in himself and, yeah. uh, and therefore be able to provide for his family. And as a man, who was he now? Who was he with this missing piece of him? 
emotionally as well. Right. And that, you know, I think we can all kind of understand that. So I didn't have to go in and try to understand PTSD. I didn't go down that road. I just went down more of the tragic loss road and what that would truly feel like mm-hmm. to have a tragic loss and question question your beliefs in the world and your faith in the world. Um, mm-hmm. that, that Those were intriguing questions for me to ask myself. Well, the performance was incredible. So it, that, that road that you took, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that road that you took, it paid off. Have you ever had a life-changing experience? I mean, obviously, <laughs> it wouldn't. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as losing a leg. But Adam kind of harped on the idea of I'm not who I was. I'm a changed man. Have you ever had a life-changing experience that you feel made you a changed man, either for good or? for uh tragic and if it's yeah. too personal to talk about of course you don't no, need to I mean, share but it's it's that's fine um there's been a there's been a couple i mean just most recently losing my father about 5 years ago mm. so that's a man losing his father is a hell of a journey to go on and and any any man listening to this right now who has lost their father understands what that what that means yeah a woman losing her father as well of course but well, yeah, but I get uh, it. But that was, that was, you know, you, you, all of a sudden you're looking at the world a, a little differently. Yeah. And, um, that was a life-changing moment for sure. And and going through his sickness and such was a life-changing moment. And, and um, so that was pretty large. Uh, before that, probably traveling, I traveled to India for a while and, um, wow, that's life changing. Yeah, I had some pretty <laughs> spiritual, um, pretty spiritual um, experiences there. Uh, and I was young; I was like twenty or something, and really trying to figure out who the hell I was. And and uh, <laughs> uh, India really it just it just put a mirror up in front of you. Just here you go. This is who yeah. you are. I'll throw you in the middle of something you've never experienced before in your life. You're gonna walk these streets you're going to be in situations you've never been in before. That's what India is. It's just like, it's the biggest culture shock ever to a, a white guy from, you know, Western Canada to be thrown in the middle right. of India. And then of course you yeah. just make the realization that people are people, doesn't matter where you are in this world. And, and then, you know, the, the faith of, of, of meeting such resilience you look at India and you go, okay, it's just full of very poor people in, in desolate, uh, desolate situations. And But really, honestly, what mm-hmm. I took from that was how happy everyone was. And mm. the children yeah. were happy. The children are playing with a little, you know, whatever. They have one bottle to kick around on the ground, living in a, month, a bunch of right. months. But they're having a great time, you know? Yep. So you know, seeing the happiness, sometimes I feel like, not to get too preachy here, right, but sometimes I feel like, you no, know, it's so, fine. we're so privileged, we're so, we take it all for granted out here in, in the Western world, and, and it's true, and just feel like, wow, we've got all the, and then we, if we lose something that we feel is important to us, it, it's pretty, you know, India put a lot in perspective for me very early on, so that was a pretty big life-changing moment. 
Yeah, that's that would be very much. So um, be, with your with your experience of playing Adam and kind of your backstory and your thought process with him, do you think when Adam went to the shack and when he disappeared, do you think that if Jack hadn't shown up, do you think that Adam was going to take his own life? Or do you think he just went out there to think? Because I know that's what Laurel was afraid of. You know, it's an interesting question because I remember now that you take me back to that moment and that was a big, that was a big discussion on set because. Oh yeah. We were, yeah, it was, it was like my take as an actor was, you know, I'm going to the darkest place possible for this guy. And, and that would be yeah. it, taking your own life. And, and I remember when calls of heart was going through a big transition at that time, there was a change in, in leadership and change of, 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 I think it was change in network and everything. It was a big change happening. And there was trying to, they were trying to figure out what went, what was when calls to heart, what was going to be the tone and. Right. Um, and the way I was going with it wasn't necessarily going to be the tone of the show. And so <laughs> I remember there being a big discussion and, and, uh, so my take is yes, he was going to probably take his own life very selfishly. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but I don't believe the show, if you talk to the showrunner at that time, I don't believe that would be their opinion. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, how much time did you have to get acquainted with your on-screen family before you guys did the shoot? Did you have time to discuss the backstory? Laurel and Adam's relationship prior to the hospital and all of that. No, how much time did you guys no, have? Not much time. No, you know how these things work. You kind of get no. into it, and you just, you know, you got to just kind of, you know, shooting from the hip, and and you just get. Hi, I'm it. your wife. <laughs> Basically, Christine. Yeah, Christine. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, no, we didn't get a lot of time to rehearse and such. It's. I wish it was more like a theatrical play, but it's just not. You know. Time and, and just right, yeah. quick and a lot of times, you know, productions, they don't know who they're even hiring until just a few days prior to shooting. So um, you just don't oh, get that man. Time out of it, but that's okay. Uh, but Christine, lovely actress. And, and, you know, I, thankfully she, yeah. was there, thankfully she was there with me and we had a, a, you know, to support each other and go on that journey together. Cause you know, it's such an intimate emotional journey. Um, you know, for her. As yeah. Well. So it was nice that we could team up and, and support each other there. And I still see her once in a while. I run into her, like her, her kid plays hockey and oh, good. hockey. So we see each other at the hockey arena, funny enough. Oh, that's funny. That is so cool. Well, and your on-screen daughters really took to you. It seemed like. Yeah. And you know, we didn't have a lot of scenes with them. I remember they were just here and there and they were quite young but yeah I, I yeah it's always I always love working with kids I think it's it's just super fun because they're just wide-eyed and excited and it's just lovely yeah <laughs> it's fun uh-huh do you have a favorite moment or a favorite scene in the episode that left an impression on you or that you particularly enjoyed filming or one that just had a really funny blooper <laughs> anything like that yeah, there wasn't a lot of funny bloopers going on because it was a pretty dark show. 
that episode was pretty dark. Yeah, it was a pretty dark episode. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, I tend to try to stay in that a little bit when I'm working, you know, when I know that I, sure. I, I'm not the type of actor who just switches on and off. And I try to, I try to stay in the, in the emotional spaces of the character when I'm on set working. So that's something Vanessa sure. taught me, actually. She taught me that. I watched her oh. go through that on, on the locket and really just, her, her professionalism and, and, and her ability just blew my mind. So I, I you know, I, I take that from her. I, um, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm trying to think back now. Um, you know, the cabin scene that was that was intense for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, I remember like getting out of, and it was a simple scene. But I remember being kind of important to me, and it was getting out of the um, getting out of the wagon off the top and being introduced to the to the to the um, to the town again. But this time, walking mm. out with the missing leg and and seeing everybody in the crowd who were looking at me, and they were all excited to see me, and they didn't know I was missing a leg. And then you start to see the right. looks on their faces and and how that affected them and. And I just remember that for some reason, just kind of hitting me. And, and I got to work with one of my best friends, Chela, on that. And she, she Oh, was, I didn't know that she was one of your best friends. That's oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, Chela's one of my best pals. And so it was lovely that I got to share the screen with her there and, and, and have her there. And, and um, yeah, I just remember that scene for some reason. That one sticks out for me. Well, it's a sweet one. And Jolene is the first one to come up to you because everybody's shocked with the leg. And then she's the first one to come up and show you that you're still her daddy, even though you need a little convincing. Exactly. So. Yeah. So just so sweet. Yeah. You know, and now that I have children, you know, you look, yeah. look back at that and and you just like, yeah, kids don't care. They just want their daddy. No, it's exactly. They just yeah. want their daddy. Uh, so the day that you shot the the uh, cabin scene, it was just you and Dan on set, at least in front of the camera. Uh, did you uh, was all of that outdoors, or was any of it shot out on a soundstage? And what did you guys talk about bes- between shots? Was there any big philosophical conversation? Because <laughs> it was because uh, it was it was Dan's first it was Dan's first lead. So I know that he and, yeah I know that he really tried to stay in the zone as well, so. It was, and, and boy, what a lovely man he is. He's such a sweetheart. And um, <laughs> that that day was all shot outside in a little outside cabin. Okay. Uh, it was cold. They'd just gotten a bunch of snow, I think, at the time. It was just nasty conditions. And of course, I'm trying to stumble around. Yeah, you can see out. your breath. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and you can see your breath. So yeah, wow, that must have been. <laughs> it was chilly, and and uh, you know, trying to keep the intensity going, and and I just remember him being such such a sweetheart. I just remember him being so supportive, and and also very complimentary, and just very gracious, and a very good leader. He was a very good leader for the show. Um, I thought he had a good tone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Australian, right? Yeah. Yeah. He sure is. Yeah. So, you know, Canadians and Australians tend to vibe each other. We tend to run into each other a lot on this planet when we're traveling around for some reason. Right. Uh, 
Yeah. So um, philosophical conversations, not that I remember. <laughs> that was a while ago. Uh, <laughs> right. But I remember really enjoying working with him. I, 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 he really stayed present and, um, you know, he, it was just a nice treat to work with a, a young actor like Daniel. Yeah. Would he, would he drop the accent? Uh, because obviously he sounds very Canadian in the show and I didn't even know he was Australian until I looked him up. From, so from what I remember, uh, from what I remember, he wouldn't drop the accent on set, which is very smart because. Oh, wow. Yeah. You need to keep it going the whole time. So uh-huh. <laughs> I think, I think that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Casey, one of my co-hosts who couldn't be here tonight, her favorite moment is when Jolene runs to Adam at the end during the performance. Yeah. And I thought about that as well. Yeah. So she, she wanted to know what that moment was like for you guys. Cause there were a lot of emotions. I have to tell you the first time that I watched it, you know, I, I told you that I was a theater major and all that. So the performer in me said, no, Jolene, stay there, finish the song. But <laughs> then the daughter in me was like, okay, little girl, she thought her daddy was gone forever. Yes, go run. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, um, so yeah. What what was that? What was that like for you? Well, it was an, it was an, as emotional as it came off. Um, uh, mm, it was I it bet. was that they they really set that moment moment up to be very impactful, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And I remember Brian Bird. You know, I've read some stories about him talking about. Um, how this storyline he really wanted to uh, have a storyline where it was about a wounded warrior coming back type mm. storyline and and so they integrated that and they found a way to do that on this show and it was to do with a minor coming back from an injury after an explosion and stuff like that so that was the wounded warrior coming back to the town and and so you know having having the daughter run up and, and having the wounded warrior and the daughter meet together. It's, you got to think it's, it's that moment that we see all the time now on, on um, social media where you see these kids who see their daddy coming home from war yes. and, and yes. you know, it's hard not to cry, you know? <laughs> no, you know, and, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a sap. Yeah, so crying. Yeah, every exactly. I mean, time. thinking about it right now, it makes me kind of, you know, a little sad. A little but, misty. <laughs> yeah, a little misty. So I, I think that's what Brian Burr was trying to recreate, and I think he did a nice job of it. And and it, it was, uh, yeah, it was powerful. It was, it had me going. Oh, it, it's such a beautiful moment seeing seeing the two of you. Uh, reconnecting and reunited and then you start singing in her ear oh it's just sweet it's just a mm -hmm. sweet sweet moment <laughs> so do you think that Adam swallowed his pride and used the prosthetic leg that they that they uh, collected the money to get for him because of course when he got it he got angry. You passed the hat on my behalf. I'm a charity case and right, right. kind of tossed it across the room. So do you think that he swallowed his pride and, and used the prosthetic? Because the next time we see you in season two, you've got long pants on. So we can't tell 
Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, no, he would definitely have swallowed his pride. And Oh, good for him. Yeah, I, I definitely think so, because that's the whole point. I mean, you got to learn your lessons and, and learn from others. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. he would have used that. I mean, the generosity. How could he say no to that? Um, I don't know. I don't sure know how he a lot more comfortable as well, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was rather than that peg leg. I mean, I can only imagine walking on a tiny little knob like that. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I remember we had to put, I like, had, I had, surgery. we had to put little pieces of rubber and underneath it, you know, because it was so slippery that we had to make sure it had good grip. Oh man. The thing would just slip out. Yeah. On and I'd go down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. How many, how many times did you go down? That must have been painful. Know, just a few times, but you know, all you need is once or twice. Okay, to that's you good. don't want to do go down again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get this situation. Yeah. You know, and then I might, my focus was like, Whoa, okay. Let's stay upright. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. When I was in the, when I was in the third grade, I had, uh, I had surgery on my left foot in the beginning of the school year. And then I ended the school year by breaking my right foot. So I was one legged for a long time that year. So yeah. Yeah. So I, and I was, I was eight years old. So yeah, I, I can definitely empathize with being one legged. So (laughs) you're truly one legged. I was just acting one legged. (laughs) Well, I don't know. For all intents and purposes, with your leg hiked up behind you, I think you were. Yeah, you were. You were pretty one-legged. So. <laughs> I guess there is that point. That's true. Yeah. So, what do you think happened to the Millers? Do you think that they moved away with the lumber company moving in, or do you think they stayed put and they're living happily ever after? What What do you think? I think it's a great, a great question, and. Um, I would think that from all the community support, I think they would have stayed. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why you'd move away from that once you've discovered it and understand how powerful community is, um, why you'd push it away and move somewhere else, you know? Sure. I think he's around. You just don't see him that often. <laughs> oh, darn it all. <laughs> I miss him. I will say I miss Adam. So, well, our last segment is Rosemary's rapid fire questions. So this is just kind of a, yeah, just kind of a fun teen beat sort of thing. So what was, (laughs) what was your favorite set or location on When Calls the Heart when you filmed? Right. Favorite. um, It would have to be the cabin for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Outside of your own character, if you could play somebody else existing on the show, who would you want to be? Whoa. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the answer to that right now. Go next. Next question. Go. Okay. All right. Next question. What modern convenience would you take back to 1910 with you if you were time traveling? Uh, uh, oh, wow. Um, I would take back um, electric wheelchair. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Okay, so the next one is, who would you rather work for? I don't know if you've been keeping up with the show currently, 
uh, but we have some new business owners in town. And so you remember Mr. Gowan, and he uh, he now has a petroleum company. So would you rather work for Gowan in the petroleum company, Lee in the lumber mill? Uh, there's a new saloon owner named Lucas. So would you like to work for Lucas in the saloon, Mr. Yost in the mercantile, or Fiona at the uh, telephone? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've always wanted to work at a bar, uh, so I'm going to go to the saloon and hang out there. All right. He's going to work for Lucas. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Chad. We really appreciate this. Now, is there any project coming up that we can watch out to uh, support you in? Are you doing anything currently that we can look for? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm currently working right now, and uh, I can't tell you the name of it, but it's gonna it's on ABC. Okay. And it'll be out. Uh, I think the first episode for me will come out December, I think fifteenth. In and around, don't quote me on that, but I think it's okay. mid December sometime. So on ABC, December mid December, an unknown show will be on air. We will watch out for it. <laughs> Is there any social media that you'd like to shout out so we can so we can uh, chat with you, see what you're up to? I have the standards, you know. There's the Instagram and there's Twitter and Facebook. I just I'm there. Mm -hmm. If you want to find me, you know, feel free to reach out, say hello. I'm around on them. I'm not on them all the time, but I'm on them enough. So um, yeah, right. Feel free to reach out with any questions. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much for making time in your busy schedule to talk with us. And Hardys, have a marvelous day and a marvelous week. We'll catch you next time. And we're in December, so Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, thank you. It's been a, a great time and I love the hat. Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, bye everybody. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Hardy's Hotline. For more juicy details and to see what's coming up, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hardy's Hotline. And we drop an episode every Wednesday, so we'll see you then. Until next time.